Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Email the program at info at rudymaxa.com or follow us on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. And now, America's number one travel radio show, Rudy Max's World. Welcome to Rudy Max's World. I am indeed Rudy Maxa, a.k.a. the Savvy Traveler. Nice to have you here and an early St. Patrick's Day best wishes, even if you're not Irish, which I am not. In a few minutes, we'll hear some things you may find hard to believe about St. Patrick's Day parades around the world. In the meantime, can't help but notice, and spring is busting out all over. Spring flowers are already open in London. This weekend, Karen Kogar in suburban Washington, D.C. is hosting the Washington Daffodil Society's spring luncheon at her house, though she tells me the big daffodil show isn't until April 15th. I saw mustard fields in bloom last weekend when I was visiting the Napa Valley and azaleas blossoming around Union Square in San Francisco. If it's culture you're after, well, New York City beckons you right now. There's a rare showing of original sculptures by Donatello at the Museum of Biblical Art in New York City. The Whitney Museum opens its new Renzo Piano Design building, whole new place for the Whitney. It's at the base of the High Line. It opens May 1st. Chick Corea and Herbie Hancock performed together for the first time since 1978 at Carnegie Hall on April 9th. And Julie Tamer, you know her name from Lion King. She was the one who created that on Broadway. Well, she directs a new drama about a fighter pilot consigned to drone warfare. The play is called Grounded. It opens in New York at the Public on April 7th. D.C.'s Cherry Blossom is March Blossom Festival, excuse me, is March 20th through April 12th, though it's always too early at this point to predict when the trees will blossom. That's why they run them for about two weeks, hoping to catch it. But you can catch a photographic exhibit of cele- uh, celebrities shot by pros like Annie Leibovitz at the National Portrait Gallery beginning May 22nd. And all seven special editions of the New York Herald that followed the assassination of Abraham Lincoln are now on display in D.C. at the Museum. If you have never visited the Museum, it's just across from the National Gallery of Art. The Smithsonian, though it's not part of the Smithsonian, there is an entrance fee. Smithsonian's free, of course. Coming up this hour on America's most widely syndicated radio travel show, that imperious waiter in Paris... If you haven't met him, you've heard about him, you've seen him in movies and on TV. He or she might actually be the traveling diner's best friend, says Christina Nearing. She's a Paris resident who who joins me in a few minutes to explain how to turn what many Americans consider rudeness into a plus. I look forward to that. We have a little smile on our face when we do that. The vice president of a nonprofit organization suggests rather than flipping burgers this summer, students on holiday might like to renovate a school in Ghana, work on an archaeological dig in Romania. Maybe help preserve a national park in Costa Rica. Thomas Pistorius of Projects Abroad describes volunteer projects abroad for high school and college students on the show shortly. Robert and Mary Carey chat with Nicholas Keglovich. He's the CEO of a company that makes a device that allows you to track your luggage using your smartphone. And an adequate expert, who's also a formal flight attendant, lists the most annoying practices of passengers and what we can do to make the skies friendlier. You'll recognize some of those as well. But first, in honor of the holiday that folks of every ancestry feel comfortable celebrating, St. Patrick's Day, coming up Tuesday, Emily Fisher, a travel expert with CheapFlights.com, joins to share some interesting little things about some odd ways St. Patrick's Day is honored in festivals or marches or parades, I guess would be the more accurate word, parades around the world. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you. Well, I live in St. Paul, Minnesota, and... uh, 
don't know if it's this weekend or Tuesday, but a bunch of people paint green stuff on their face and buy beers and, and walk around the street singing Irish songs and, or walk in groups along the street singing songs. It's sort of a formal parade. But I gather you've got a, a list of, of uh, much more, much odder parades, don't you? Absolutely. The storied tradition of the parade is around the world at this point. But um, perhaps the most interesting one to start with is the shortest parade, which is in Hot Spring, Arkansas. It's 98 feet long. It's basically a walk down the block, um, but it's, it's attended by thousands of people, so um, both participating in the parade and uh, lining the, the one long block to watch it. <laughs> one block parade? Absolutely. Is that called a parade or is that called a stroll? I don't know. Goodness. <laughs> you can talk to the marketing folks about how they want to, what they want to call it. I see. It's a marketing. You also have a one-man parade, don't you, somewhere? Absolutely. In Enterprise, Alabama, they pick one town member who's of Irish descent. And that, that parade doesn't sound much longer either. It's one block down to the Bull Weevil Monument and then a block back. By one person? By one person. Yes, indeed. Oh, my goodness. I'm guessing it is a pretty big honor to be that one person. I would guess. Now, do you think, for example, these two examples you get, are those, they, they are clever marketing, because otherwise we wouldn't be talking about Enterprise Alabama. Right. Well, actually, the, probably the cleverest marketing is the one in Rolla, Missouri, where they have what they call this year the 107th Best Ever St. Patrick's Day. So, you know, if you put it in the title, it must be so. Is there anything that distinguishes it from uh, any other Best Patrick Day parades? Just their great uh, Just tagline. The title. I mean, they do have a good celebration, and, and I think actually the parade is followed by a concert, uh, a quite an extensive concert, which is really what they they uh, hang the title on is, is you know the the afternoon long. And where festival. where's the best parade, Emily? Rolla, Missouri. Hmm. Okay. I don't know that town. All right. What else you got? Right. <laughs> I don't think it's a. I don't think it's on most people's travel itinerary. Right. What else you got? Um, well, I've got one, uh, the one and only um, interstate parade, which is in the Quad Cities area. Uh, it, the parade starts in Moline, Illinois, goes across the mighty Mississippi on the I-74 uh, bridge, and ends up in Davenport, Iowa. So, um, oh. you know, there's, there's jokes in there about, obviously, about uh, jurisdiction if a fight breaks out. Uh, oh, my goodness. Mind. Oh, my goodness. Are most people celebrating this on the weekend or on Tuesday? You get a I sense. think it varies quite a bit. Uh, I live in Boston where the celebration is tomorrow, um, mm -hmm. but I think a lot of places hold to the actual 17th. Uh, mm -hmm. New, York for, uh, New York City's parade is on the 17th. Savannah, Georgia has a nice parade on the 17th. And uh, before we say goodbye to you, because we have about 40 seconds left, any, any, other, any couple more you want to mention? Well, I am amused that in Japan they've been celebrating with a parade in Tokyo for 23 years, but um, really? they are now having the second annual I Love Ireland Festival. So, you know, straight oh to the point we, they, about the Irish, the, how much everybody loves Ir the Irish on the 17th. This is in, did you say it was in Tokyo? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, um, give me one more. One more. Okay. Uh, well, this is an interesting one. In Tipperary Hill in Syracuse, actually, this is a year-round tradition. That's such an Irish neighborhood that they did not want to have green at the bottom of the stop line below the imperialist red. So the, tra the traffic light in that particular part of town is green is at the top. So take, take care and be cautious when driving through Tipperary Hill in Syracuse. Year-round it's green on the top? Year-round it's green on the top. That's confusing for colorblind people. <laughs> I think there's some signs to warn folks that it's coming. 
Oh, my, my goodness. Well, I mean, have you ever been anywhere in the world uh, or that has more than 40 people in a village that doesn't have an Irish bar? <laughs> I, no, I don't think so. I'm, I'm I don't. think even smaller villages sometimes sport them. I, I can't agree more. Emily Fisher is a travel expert with CheapFlights.com. Hey, thanks for the uh, glimpse at how folks do the Irish parade elsewhere. Appreciate it. Sure. Thank you. When we come back, how a student facing spring or summer break might want to do something more interesting than asking countless customers if they'd like to supersize their drinks. I'm Rudy Max. You're listening to Rudy Max's World, where it's all travel all the time. We'll be right back. To participate in the program and have some fun, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. We're coming right back. Dentist office, may I help you? Hi, I'd like to cancel my teeth whitening appointment. Oh, may I ask why? I found a teeth whitener that works in five minutes that I can do from home. Can I ask what it is? It's called Power Swabs, and it whitens your teeth in five minutes, doesn't leave my teeth feeling sensitive, and it's a lot less expensive than visiting the dentist. Hi, I'm John Greenhut, the CEO of Power Swabs. And if you want to whiten your teeth two shades in five minutes and six shades in seven days, then try Power Swabs. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour just swab your teeth and you're done it removes stains on natural teeth as well as caps and veneers try power swabs risk-free by calling 1-800-204-1201 that's 1-800-204-1201 i guarantee your friends and co-workers will be wowed by your new white smile try it risk-free and get free shipping and handling today dial 1-800-204-1201 that's 1-800-204-1201 if you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Dave has to say about relief factor. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about relief factor and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Rod Delano, Attorney Houston. Here's important information for those with vaginal or bladder mesh implants. The clock is ticking. Millions of dollars in settlements have already been distributed to thousands of victims. Have you received your settlement offer yet? Time is running out. So if your vaginal or bladder mesh implant has ruined your health and well-being and you don't know where to turn, call our knowledgeable and understanding team now to find out if you qualify for a settlement from the billions available. Call 800-588-3000. That's 800-588-3000. To join Rudy Max's world, call anytime, 800-387-8025. Follow the program on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. Now back to America's number one travel radio show. Welcome back. Nice to have you here. Um, I just promised you that we'd talk to uh, Christina Nehring. I didn't tell you her name, but that is her name. Um, she is a journalist based in Paris who's going to talk about uh, the cranky French waiter and why he or she may be good for you. I think we're going to have to put that off for a week. We just tried to reach her, and at the same time we were dialing her, we got an email saying that she had a, a child, a emer health emergency involving her child, and so she couldn't be on the show today. So 
There you go. The disadvantages of live radio at times. Um, we hope Christine's child is uh, Christina's child is okay. We're going to ask her back next weekend. But this does give me a chance to talk about an interesting piece that I read in the Wall Street Journal uh, um, today, Saturday, as I brought to, broadcast to you live. It's in the Saturday Sunday edition of the Wall Street Journal, and it's a piece that comments on the spread of great restaurants around the United States. You know, time was when you had to go to New York or San Francisco to find America's great restaurants, but high rents there are driving some of, uh, some of the great chefs of New York to return to their hometowns or go to smaller towns. Uh, there's an example where I live. I live in St. Paul, Minnesota, the twin city to Minneapolis. And just about, oh gosh, I think about two months ago, a restaurant called Spoon and Stable opened up to much excitement here because the Chef uh, Gavin Kaysen is a hometown boy, and he's a former chef de cuisine at Café Boulard, Daniel Boulard's fabulous restaurant in New York. And uh, it's quickly become the hard table to get, which is not a phrase I heard when I moved to Minneapolis and St. Paul 10 years ago, I can assure you. Nobody ever said, you'll never be able to get in that restaurant. You can't get a table in there. you got to book months ahead. Um, there is a guy named Fred Dexheimer who is a master sommelier, and he just opened a pop-up wine bar in Durham, North Carolina called RX Wine Lab. And another guy named Dylan Fultonier, uh, who uh, worked at Chicago's Blackbird, a very well-known restaurant there. And he went to uh, Richmond, Virginia, about a two-hour drive from Washington, D.C., and opened a restaurant called Rappahannock. Uh, but the writer of this piece, who did write this piece? Let's take a look here. Uh, Joshua Ozersky. Who's Joshua Ozersky? I don't know if he's on the staff or not. They don't identify him. But uh, he says the two most dynamic food cities in the country right now or excuse me, not the two, let me, let me rephrase that. The most dynamic food cities in the country right now are the two Portlands in Oregon and Maine. I haven't been to Portland, Maine in a while, but I can certainly attest to Portland, Oregon's reputation, though I haven't eaten there in about five years. The others are Nashville, Tennessee, Charleston, South Carolina, Houston, and Philadelphia. Not bad. Keep in mind, city, uh, Portland's a city with just over 600,000 people in it. That's not big. That's not huge. And it's produced three of the last four regional winners of the James Beard Award, which is sort of the Oscars of the food world. Nashville has seen three new places open, the Catbird Seat, Rolf and Daughters, and something called Husk Nashville that uh, critics have likened to the best restaurants in the United States. This is all good news if you don't happen to either live in New York or San Francisco or have the, uh, enough credit on your credit card to eat in some of those New York and San Francisco places, which are quite pricey, but given the rents they have to pay, you can understand that. Uh, this piece in the journal also has, uh, has a nice chart of, uh, of the restaurants that are hot right now. And when I say hot, I don't mean to be superficial. I don't mean they're tough to get into because somebody writes about it. <coughs> Excuse me. But they are, uh, they're actually darn good, and critics travel from all over the world to see them. Um, in San Antonio... Uh, there's a meat-centric gastropub. Now, that's cutting it fine, a meat-centric gastropub called uh, Southerly Fine Food and Brewery. It's just opening this month. It specializes in Texas cross-culture cross cuisine, brews its own beer on its premises. There's a chef-driven regional Italian restaurant in San Antonio called Il Sogno Osteria, a hipster Asian mashup called Hot Joy, uh, a modern southern restaurant in San Antonio called Cured, uh, smoked pork gumbo, chicken fried chicken livers, ooh, my goodness, with pepper jelly. Uh, old School Bistro called uh, Chez Vital Bistro and uh, something they call the Next Generation Farm to Table called Restaurant uh, Gwendolyn, uh, which is, uh, uh, these are all in, in, in San Antonio. In Columbus, you've got Wolf Ridge's, Wolf's Ridge Brewery. Um, you've got a 
a funky hybridized Korean food truck uh, that might make you think of Roy Choi's Koji Empire Empire in L.A. The Koji truck is, I think there are two of them now. The Koji trucks in L.A. and the Koji restaurant now are are quite famous, but you can go to you don't have to go that far. If you live in the Midwest, you can go to Columbus, Ohio, and look for the uh, Ajumama truck. A G U M A A G U Mama Ajumama, a Korean food truck. Um, there's a skillet restaurant called Skillet, and uh, the refectory is uh, is uh, is uh, Columbus's addition to the bistro pile. Just a great selection of restaurants that I think are quite. Uh, uh, these towns are quite lucky. Spokane. Meat Century Gastro Pub's called Durkin's Liquor Bar, but they got home homemade housemade bacon. That's the new rage. You know, bacon got popular a few years ago. Now it's got to be housemade bacon to be popular. Double bone in pork chop, etc. Um, even the carrots are barbecued at uh, Durkin's Liquor Bar in Spokane, Washington. Um, there's a uh, uh, place called the Wandering Table, which is an, an Asian mashup restaurant in uh, Spokane, and a Southern restaurant in Spokane. Maybe it's in southern Spokane. I don't know, but I never thought of Spokane as southern in the Pacific Northwest. It's called Casper Fry, and you'll get uh, pimento cheese croquettes and buttermilk fried chicken. Um, mm, boy, pimento cheese croquettes. Their French restaurant contribution is called Santé. I think that means health in uh, French. And you'll get you know duck feet and uh, duck confit, excuse me, and foie gras and all the good French stuff. By the way, foie gras is legal back in California. And every restaurant I ate in, in Napa Valley, in Los Angeles, and in San Francisco, I spent uh, about 10 days in, in, or actually almost two weeks in all those regions. And uh, foie gras was on every single menu. You may know that, may recall that a couple of years ago, um, foie gras was declared um, to uh, be illegal in California. Well, that was beat back, and uh, now it's back with a vengeance, I can tell you. Uh, Omaha has got a gastropub called the Pig and Finch Gastropub with plenty of pork belly and marrow bones and house-made terrines, uh, terrines and sausages. I'm just looking at this. makes makes me hungry. The Twisted Cork is their Asian mashup. And uh, Big Mama's Kitchen and Catering is uh, Modern Southern. I actually was in Omaha this week. I went there to give a speech on, uh, uh, was it Wednesday night or Thursday night? Uh, Wednesday night, I believe. Um, a friend of mine invited me to come speak to a bunch of folks who are interested in travel, and I appreciate her doing that. And uh, I ate at a couple. I ate, I ate at one restaurant that was uh, that's right. If you have not been to Omaha lately, you probably don't know that in Warren Buffett's hometown, there is a center of town called uh, uh, called the Market District, and it is just chock full with with very very cute shops. And ah, cute that's the wrong word. Very hips the wrong word. Cross between cute and hip. You tell me what that word is. Shops, and uh, and good restaurants. There, the, the journal's pick is the Pig and Finch Gastropub uh, for Italian, Avoli Osteria. Uh, keep in mind that Omaha Stockyard is still very much in business, so they got a lot of flat iron steaks and so on. Their hipster Asian mashup is the Twisted Cork. I think I mentioned that, and Big Mama's Catering and Kitchen and Catering. Though again, Nebraska isn't exactly southern. They've got a bistro called Dario's Brasseria. Um, so you'll find your palm frites there and your uh, escargot and steak tartare. And their next generation farm to table is called the Gray Plume. Um, bake their own bread. I'm just reading very quickly here. Uh, Raleigh Durham. What's their southern? They're actually in the south. Let's see what their southern restaurant is called. Pools Downtown Diner. Been there since 2007. 
And apparently it kicked off Raleigh's dining scene uh, with its retro sh uh, chic look. It's got a bistro called Vin Rouge with an outstanding wine program. And uh, here in St. Paul, I ate dinner last night at one of my favorite restaurants called Meritage, uh, done by a chef who used to cook in New York as well as overseas. It is consistently good and uh, hard to get into. It's a bistro. Um, even's got a great oyster bar with that tin top, as oyster bar, as seafood bars in Paris have. Uh, the chef, Russell Klein, is up for his third nomination for regional best chef uh, in the, um, uh, the uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Um, the contest. The contest with the big chef's name that I was mentioning. Um, what is that? No, the James Beard Award. That's right. So if you're coming to St. Paul, Meritage might be a place you'd like to drop into. If you're going to be on the other side of the Mississippi in, in Minnesota, then, as I mentioned, Spoon and Stable seems to be the place. All right, check it out. The Wall Street Journal's today's Wall Street, this weekend's Wall Street Journal should be on newsstands near you if you don't subscribe. The, the story is the front page of the off-duty section, and it's headlined, The United Plates of America. We hold this truth to be self-evident. You shouldn't have to travel to New York or San Francisco for first-rate food. All good for all of us. All right, what's coming up next? Let's hope, uh, let's hope our next guest doesn't have any problems in their lives, and we'll wish Christina Nehring well and hope we'll get her next week from Paris. So right, we're going to talk to, that's right, Thomas Pastorius, um, who is vice president of projectsabroad.org. He's going to talk about where students might want to spend a more interesting spring or summer vacation. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Max's World phone lines are open anytime, so call us at 800-387-8025. And so is the website at RudyMaxa.com. Stay with us. We're coming right back after these messages. Rod Delano, Attorney Houston. Here's important information for those with vaginal or bladder mesh implants. The clock is ticking. Millions of dollars in settlements have already been distributed to thousands of victims. Have you received your settlement offer yet? Time is running out. So if your vaginal or bladder mesh implant has ruined your health and well-being and you don't know where to turn, call our knowledgeable and understanding team now to find out if you qualify for a settlement from the billions available. Call 800-588-3000. That's 800-588-3000. If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Georgia has to say about relief factor. Over the years, I've had several injuries. I have had lots of pain, and it's been hard for me to exercise. Now I'm much more active, so I'm losing weight, and I feel better. I would recommend it to anyone. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. lines are always open at 800-387-8025 and stay connected with the program at rudymaxa.com now back to rudy max's world now when you call that no free no uh, toll-free number i will not answer because first of all i'm doing the radio show and second of all uh, many of our stations time shift our show to later in saturday and even to sunday and um, sometimes even during the week, but mostly on weekends. At any rate, you will hear my voice inviting you to leave a message with your question. If it's something I can answer quickly for you, I'll get back to you. 
um, or we'll answer it on the show, perhaps, or ask you to join me on the show. Um, I am not a travel agent. I do not plan trips. I occasionally get calls from people saying, you know, I'm flying the... To Amsterdam, what are the eight restaurants I should eat at, and what are the ten things I should see, and where should I stay, and can you book my trip? I'm a journalist. I'm not a travel agent. I don't plan trips. But if it's a general question about travel, give me a ring. Thomas Pastorius is the vice president of Projects Abroad. This is an organization. Well, let me let him tell you about it. Thomas, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Hi, Rudy. Thanks for having me. Now, you have a better idea for how college or high school students might want to spend spring break or their summer, don't you? That's right. Our concept is that they should spend it abroad, working in local communities, doing valuable service work. All right. Now, right off the bat, does this cost them money, or does that depend on any number of factors? It, there's a program fee that all participants pay to take part in the projects. This is our only funding. We're not funded by religious organizations or by the government. We're completely independent. Um, and for that cost, the volunteers are taken care of in-country from their food, accommodation, insurance, all the materials for their project, et cetera. All right, that's what I was actually getting at. So you have a, f- a fee, but, but their, their ground expenses are paid when they're doing this work. They pay their own transportation to get there? That's right. So the, okay. they have to budget for a program fee and a plane ticket, basically. Got it. And what is the program fee? It depends on where you're going for how long. Usually for most people, it's somewhere between 2000 4000 for a summer. For summer, okay. And give me an give us an idea of what might be on the menu. What kind of interesting uh, summer jobs uh, might a student find? I mean, should we differentiate between high school and college, or not necessarily? The, the type of work is the same for high school and college students. Obviously, the day-to-day structure be a little bit different because they have different skill set, different needs. But the most common areas where people work are in building, microfinance, uh, what we call care, which is working with children. Uh, teaching English, and conservation. And how long have, has uh, Projects Abroad been doing this? We started in 1992. It's actually originally a British organization. Uh, we send about 10,000 people a year, so we've had about, at this point, 80,000 people go with us. That's an incredible number. Uh, if, if you're listening to Thomas Pastorius right now and you're trying to find the website, it's projects with a hyphen, projects-abroad.org projects-abroad.org. Um, all right, so uh, give me some real-world examples. You gave me categories, but w- give me some real-world examples of what someone this summer might be able to engage in as a volunteer abroad. Sure. So, for example, a really popular program is in Peru. We have a lodge in the rainforest. It's the, the first and still the only private uh, rainforest reserve in Peru. Um, so we have a bunch of really exciting projects that we do from animal rehabilitation and release, a lot of research on birds and flora and fauna, um, also a lot of outreach to local communities, trying to train them up, skill them up, so that they're uh, doing valuable uh, work instead of slashing and burning, which is unfortunately still part of the culture and the practice down there. So we're trying to you know, make their lives more sustainable without making unreasonable demands on, on their income. And before you, before you give me another example, let me just ask you, how many students could participate in this? Are we talking two or 12? Or? So this summer in the Peru program, we should have about 50 people out there. Wow, that's a lot. It, yeah, it's a lot. It's a, we, we've been, the, the Peru program in particular is one of our uh, oldest and most successful conservation programs. It's a very well-developed lodge. There's solar panels with electricity and uh, cell phone service. So it's, uh, it's a major operation. Wow, cell phone service. That didn't exist when my kids did. My son did some volunteer work in Vietnam. He's now 31, but there there was no cell phone coverage there, I can tell you. All right, I I interrupted you. You were going to give a couple of examples. 
Well, on on that note, actually, the the technology revolution in these countries has been amazing. I did a volunteer project in Ghana in 2001, and I mean, when you went to an internet cafe, you took a book uh, with you to right. download your emails before you can read it. And now most people they communicate with home just from their phones uh, in the host family's houses. It's incredible. Unbelievable. Um, but in another example of a project that we do is probably the other biggest one is uh, what we call CARE. So that's working at orphanages or kindergartens around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so the volunteers are paired up with a local staff member, a kindergarten teacher, a caregiver in, a, in an orphanage or a daycare center. And their job is to basically be an extra pair of hands, give the kids individual attention and one-on-one support, try to help them develop their learning, their, their reading, their counting, um, their some physical uh, motor skills in, in the case of really young ones. And while they're out there, they live with a host family, usually with another volunteer. We also arrange for training seminars once a week for the volunteers to sort of upskill them a little bit. And what countries might that uh, care, care be available? We offer that in all the countries where we work, which is 27 different destinations in Asia, Latin America, and Africa. Anything in Europe? I didn't hear. I'm sorry. Uh, we do. Our oldest program actually is in Romania, which is in Eastern oh. Europe. That was where we started, right, 1992, right after the fall of communism, um, teaching English there. But we do also work with um, care centers in Brasov, Romania, which is in Transylvania, which I think a lot of people are surprised to hear is a real place. Yes, it is, and a, and a beautiful place. Thomas Pastorius is vice president of ProjectsAbroad.org. The website is projects-abroad.org. Thomas, thanks for stopping by. Thanks so much, Rudy. We'll be right back. When we come back, Robert and Mary Carey are going to tell you how, how, how not to lose your luggage. Don't go away. Join Rudy Max's world by calling 800-387-8025. Access the show anytime at RudyMaxa.com. We're coming right back. Dentist office, may I help you? Hi, I'd like to cancel my teeth whitening appointment. Oh, may I ask why? I found a teeth whitener that works in five minutes that I can do from home. Can I ask what it is? It's called Power Swabs, and it whitens your teeth in five minutes, doesn't leave my teeth feeling sensitive, and it's a lot less expensive than visiting the dentist. Hi, I'm John Greenhut, the CEO of Power Swabs. And if you want to whiten your teeth two shades in five minutes and six shades in seven days, then try Power Swabs. There's no messy strips or trays that you'll have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth and you're done. It removes stains on natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. Try Power Swabs risk-free by calling 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. I guarantee your friends and coworkers will be wowed by your new white smile. Try it risk-free and get free shipping and handling today. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Dave has to say about Relief Factor. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. 
That's relieffactor.com. Rod Delano, Attorney Houston. Here's important information for those with vaginal or bladder mesh implants. The clock is ticking. Millions of dollars in settlements have already been distributed to thousands of victims. Have you received your settlement offer yet? Time is running out. So if your vaginal or bladder mesh implant has ruined your health and well-being and you don't know where to turn, call our knowledgeable and understanding team now to find out if you qualify for a settlement from the billions available. Call 800-588-3000. That's 800 800- 500-588-3000. Data knows you love posting selfies. Others might see a reflective surface, but you see an opportunity. Like right now, you just caught a glimpse of yourself and you like what you see, and you're thinking everyone else would probably like it too. Go ahead, you've got more data and you're paying less with Boost Mobile. For only $35 a month, you can take your selfie game to the next level. Parked car window, click selfie. Person wearing sunglasses, click selfie. Anything shiny, don't mind if you do. You, my friend, have no selfie control. And data's okay with that. Come to data. Now get unlimited talk, text, and two and a half gigabytes of high-speed data for $35 a month after you sign up on Auto Reboost. Only from Boost Mobile. Enrollment and auto reboots required at activation. Removal of auto reboots increases plan costs to $45 a month. Video streaming limited to 3G speeds. After applicable data allotment reach, data speeds reduced to 2G speeds for remainder of plan cycle. State and local sale taxes may apply. Restrictions apply. To participate in the program, call anytime, 800-387-8025, or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Once again, you're in Rudy Maxa's world. Welcome back. 52 minutes after the hour, you can find a link to uh, my previous guest's website by going to my Facebook fan page, Rudy Maxa Travel slash Leisure. It's uh, 43 after the hour, as I said. You ever lost your luggage while traveling? Well, our Robert and Mary Carey caught up with the CEO of Luglock about a new product recently approved by the FAA that's about to put an end to lost luggage for good. Let's take a listen. We're talking to Nicholas Keglovich, the CEO of Luglock. This is an interesting new product just coming into the marketplace now. If you're traveling and you're concerned about losing your luggage, you put this device the size of a small cell phone that you put inside of your luggage, and it uses GSM technology and Bluetooth technology to track your luggage anywhere that it may be in the world. So, Nicholas, welcome to Rudy Max's World. Hi, thank you very much. So, Nicholas, tell us a little bit about Luglock, how it got started, and how you're bringing it to market now. First of all, I must tell you that I've been in the travel-related business for 42 years. I formed a company called the SysCard, and right. that company was helping travelers all over the world when they are far away from home. I learned that when people travel, they have two main worries. One is their health, what's going to happen if they fall sick or have a problem elsewhere, sure. as far away from home, or if they lose their luggage. And I also learned that the airlines today, they use the same technology to handle the luggage they used 100 years ago. Yeah, it's quite antiquated in many respects. Other than those barcodes that we were talking about earlier, that's correct. you still have people handling the luggage. And that's why 87% of the lost luggage is at the originating airport, because there's a human being that's going <laughs> to select. It just never gets out. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So there are about 3,000 bags which are lost every hour of every day of every year. Is that a worldwide number? That's a world official number, okay. worldwide number. Right, yes. Okay. It does not take into consideration the local 
local flights in some countries because IATA does not count that information. But this okay. is the major airlines around the world. But how does Luglock help to ensure that you're mitigating that issue? Well, Luglock is a genius uh, invention because you just put it into your bag and keep it there during the whole trip. And if happens that the your luggage is lost, tap on your mobile phone, the application, and in about 75 seconds, you will know exactly where your luggage is any place in the world. And that's using the GSM technology and Bluetooth, both to track it anywhere in the world and then to zoom in on its actual location through the Bluetooth, correct? Exactly, okay. exactly. Because the major problem is that the airlines, they don't know where the luggage is. They lost it, and that's it. And you have to pray. <laughs> so now you're going to call and tell them, hey, my bag is in Cleveland. I'll tell you exactly where it is exactly. in the airport. That's what we do. So who are some of the competitors out there? Because this is a new technology you're talking about. Is it something right now that's exclusive to Luglock? Yes. Well, first of all, it's a patent, U.S. patent that we have, so no one else can do the same thing. All right. And number two, uh, there are some small companies around there trying to do the same thing as we do, but our system is really unique. All right. So I pack my bag at home. I put Luglock into my suitcase. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, how deep I, where I put it, if I put it inside of a shoe or I wrap it inside something. That's correct. Uh, so tell us, how does that technology work when it's in the bag so that I know it's, it's actually going to find my bag should my bag be lost? Well, you have to charge the unit before you travel. That uh, yeah, you know, certainly. important. And okay. then there is a button on it that you check the status and the green light will pop up as soon as you charged it. So it's Can it be shut off go. somehow? Yes, it can be shut off when you are not traveling. No, but but if my if something in my bag presses against it, can it shut off that way or no. something? No. no. Okay. So no. It's, as soon as I activate it, put it in the bag, zip the bag up, it's good to go until hopefully I arrive and find my bag on the carousel. That's correct. Okay. The thing is this. In order to have a system like this on board an airplane, which uses the GSM technology, you know that some airlines do not allow you to use your phone. Correct. Right? Because right. there is an FAA regulation does not allow you to use your cellular phone while the... They're working on that, but right now, correct. Correct. So we have a system in the lug lug that turns the unit off automatically when it is under motion, which is... So if lug lock is moving, it's, it is not active. Uh, when it's stationary, so if it's stuck in Cleveland, as I said earlier, it's sitting at that airport, it actually is active and it's transmitting to my iPhone or my droid phone. That's correct. To, okay. It turns on automatically after nine minutes that the unit is standing still. So what I thought was also interesting, this is not an incredibly expensive device. It, it's about $70 retail. That's correct. Okay. And I do know it comes with uh, initially, what is it? It, it? is it like 15 uh, initial traces that no, you have? No, you have for 15 days when you buy the okay, unit, 15 days you have unlimited traces that you can play with it. I mean, Fine. you can learn how it works. And you could use this in a kid's backpack or anything. It's not Absolutely. just uh, germane to luggage. That's correct. And then after these 15 days, you buy what we call traces. Each time you're going to trace or look for your luggage, you will use one of these traces. And they're about a dollar a piece on average, depending on what you buy. But you do offer an unlimited package as well for about $30. $30. Well, Nicholas Keglovich, we really appreciate the time on Rudy Max's World. For anyone who's interested in learning more, it's a really interesting piece of technology, and that does seem to be where the industry is moving at a pretty rapid pace. It's just Luglock, that's L-U-G-L-O-C.com. Thank you very much for being on Rudy Maxwell. Connect with America's number one travel radio show by calling 800-387-8025 or follow the program at RudyMaxa.com. We'll be right back.
To connect with the program, call 800-387-8025. That's 800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. 52 minutes after the hour, we have links to almost all our guests here on the weekend, this, week, this uh, weekend's show. By going to Facebook, you'll find two Rudy Maxa pages. One just says Rudy Maxa. That's my personal page. I frankly don't pay a lot of attention to it. But there's one Rudy Maxa Travel Leisure. And if you go there, you'll find links to guests in case you heard something and want more details and didn't quite catch the uh, website that I might have given out on the air. Hit the like button while you're there. We are trying, getting close to 5,000. Love to... Love to get that magic number. Jacqueline Whitmore is my next guest, and she is the author, she's the founder of the Protocol School of Palm Beach. Perfect. She's an etiquette specialist, but get this, she's also a former airline employee. And she has seen stuff on airplanes that you may have seen, but she's seen a lot more of it. And she's got some very good ideas about the most common um, things people do who don't have a sense of etiquette and what to do about it. Jacqueline, welcome to the show. Nice to have you aboard today. Thank you, Rudy. Now, you're a former flight attendant, and, and one thing I did notice in your list, we'll go down some of these, is, is an overall, overall piece of advice to never try to discipline someone else's child. You pick the unruly child as one of the more common things that creates, shall we say, tension between passengers. What do you do if you're seated next to a child who's, you know, whacking you and totally out of hand and so on? Well, I made the mistake once of actually um, saying something to a parent who had an unruly child. I was flying to Las Vegas, and the children were just out of control. And I learned real quick not to say anything because um, it's just better not to take any that kind of thing into your own hands. So what you can do if you're encountering an unruly child, you can ask the flight attendant, actually, if, if there is a, an available seat somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You can ask the flight attendant if you can move, and a lot of people don't know that. They think that they're stuck in that seat. Or you can just kindly walk back to the flight attendants and say, um, we've got some unruly children in 27B. Is there anything you can do to help? A lot of times the flight attendants are there not just for your safety but also to help take care of situations like that. All right, so that takes care of two of your categories, the unruly child and the seat kicker, if you're getting kicked from behind in the seat. Um, let's turn the tables. What about the surly flight attendant, the one you, you don't like who's, who's, you know, I mean, who has an amazing amount of attitude, even if you're trying to be a very docile and pleasant passenger? That's really tough because if you start arguing with a flight attendant, right. chances are that that flight attendant might call um, <laughs> the yeah. pilot out. Who knows? It's just not a wise thing to get in any kind of altercation with a flight attendant. My advice is take the name of the flight attendant, write it down, write down your flight information, and then email the airline, or better yet, air your grievance on Twitter or Facebook because you'll get faster results. That is interesting that the social media gets you fastest results now. Okay, the the age-old question of someone reclining their seat into your front, into your face, basically. (laughs) Well, I actually like to recline my seat, but I'm always polite when I do it. And I just suggest for people uh, to to just look over your shoulder and to make sure that the person behind you isn't eating or doesn't have their laptop on their tray. And when you ease back, ease back slowly and gently so that your, your seat doesn't go in the other person's lap. 
That's exactly what I do. I'm glad to hear I do it the right way. Or I'll, I'll sometimes say, do you mind if I recline my seat? Then I punch them in the face if they say yes. <laughs> no, I don't. How, how long were you a flight? How many years were you a flight attendant? I was a flight attendant for one year, and it was a really great year. Um, it was back in 1992 when mm-hmm. flying the, the friendly skies were a little bit friendlier. Yeah, except they were smoking they back now. then, weren't they? Pardon? Weren't we smoking back then on airplanes? Or no? We were smoking yeah. on airplanes internationally. Oh, and okay. um, because I was a junior flight attendant, I was stuck in the back with all the smokers, and that I, was no fun. Did you ever witness any all-out, I mean, combative situations? I didn't. We did have a situation where a man was having a heart attack uh, before we took off in uh, in London, and uh, then the paramedics were called on board, but uh, fortunately, he was um, he was saved, and and we were able to take off a little bit late, though. But uh, um, all went well. I I, well, uh, my producer Janet Davis McDonald is going to post a link to your Huffington Post article about jetiquette and how to handle it. And uh, if I'm ever down in Florida, I'm going to take your protocol course and figure out how to behave myself. Appreciate it. That would be great. Thanks. (laughs) Jacqueline Whitmore is uh, the founder of the Protocol School of Palm Beach. Her website is etiquetteexpert.com. How did you get that? That's good. Well done. Jacqueline, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Rudy. We are coming to the end of hour number one. Uh, Some of our stations do leave us after this hour. It always breaks my heart. Very few of them do, fortunately. So if yours is sticking around for the second hour, I hope you will as well. We'll be back in about six minutes here in Rudy Max's world. We have a full plate coming up the next hour. We're going to talk about why only one U.S. airline with only two flights a day links the United States with India, the second and third largest countries in the world. What's with that? And there's even a larger question uh, having to do with that. And we'll also talk about a new website that says it can match the personality of the cruise ship you're looking for with you. You're in Rudy Max's world. Hope you stay back. Stay here. We'll take a little break for some news and local spots. Be back in six minutes. Listening to Rudy Max's World, America's number one travel radio show on the SSI Radio Network.